Welcome to Boomtown Richmond Community Square. We're a radio station that cares about our community, supporting it, promoting it, and strengthening it. This weekly half-hour show is designed to make our listeners aware of the wonderful services, events, and programs that nonprofit organizations provide residents in the greater Richmond area. Each week, Boomtown Richmond Community Square will feature two to three interviews with nonprofit leaders and their representatives. And now it's time for Boomtown Richmond Community Square, hosted by Scott Berger and Mackenzie Rourke. All right, good morning and welcome to Boomtown Richmond's Community Square, a show that highlights and interacts with some of the area's leading nonprofit organizations that are doing good work in our community. My name is Scott and we have with us today Chris Williams, Executive Director of CancerLink. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Scott. First of all, what is CancerLink and more specifically, what does LINK stand for? Well, LINK stands for the Legal Information Network for Cancer. And we were established about 22 years ago as a local, small, nonprofit organization that's focused on helping local cancer patients with non-medical issues. And these are issues that come with being diagnosed with cancer. Typically, these are financial issues or issues that may involve um, wills, advanced directives, um, employment issues, insurance issues. It's a wide variety, but these are non-medical issues that cancer patients find that they are in these situations where they need help. And cancer obviously is a very devastating disease, but why focus on cancer? It goes back to the genesis of our organization. It was founded in 1996 and was the idea of one local attorney who herself was diagnosed with cancer. And while she was actively practicing and trying to go through treatment, she was also dealing with insurance issues and going back and forth with the insurance company. And it occurred to her at that time that there would be that there were other cancer patients who were probably going through the same experience that she was and probably felt helpless and weak and felt like they had no control over the situation. So she took this idea to a colleague of hers who was also battling cancer at the time, who was a professor at University of Richmond, and they talked about the idea of starting a nonprofit that could help local cancer patients with these kinds of legal and insurance issues and financial planning. So they thought Let's put together a conference, and they um, invited local attorneys and financial planners and academics to come out from throughout the Richmond community and had over 125 people show up. And many people came up afterward and asked how they could get involved in this sort of program to donate their services for local cancer patients. And from that came our organization 22 years ago. So we're very blessed that the uh, founders of the organization are still involved and that mission is still core to helping local patients, you know, through this local organization and connecting them with local professionals that can help them in this time of need. So really, you know, what CancerLink is doing is not just focusing on, on the medical need, but, but more on so on the, on the legal, financial, and, and social needs, you'd say? Absolutely. It's more of a holistic approach. And we have wonderful medical, uh, medical provider partners in Massey Cancer Center, Bon Secours, uh, Sarah Cannon HCA, and Virginia Cancer Institute. And we work with them closely, and they are the primary referral sources for local cancer patients. So when they identify a patient that is experiencing a legal issue uh, or an issue involving employment or insurance or having difficulty 
difficulty with finances, they will refer the patient to us. They will call us or have the patient call us. And then we will start and take the process from there and assess what their needs are and then connect them with a local uh, professional such as an attorney or a financial planner. Is that generally how people learn about Cancer Links programs? For the most part, yes. They will find out about uh, Cancer Link through their local cancer medical provider. But many times, and many of our clients actually come to us by word of mouth in the community, especially since we've been around for 22 years. That's great. So how did you come about working for Cancer Link? Well, that's a, that's an interesting story. I Several years back, I was working for a, another local nonprofit that was focused on cancer. And during one of my meetings with a local cancer physician, uh, he raved about CancerLink and how it was helping local patients. And he told me, he encouraged me to find out more about the organization and to go out and research it. And once I did, I became a, a fan immediately. And then several years later, then the opportunity came to uh, apply for the executive director position, and here I am. And now, yes, I'm the biggest fan and also the leader of the organization. And so uh, it's a wonderful opportunity, and it's a real thrill for me personally and professionally. What interests you in the field in the first place? Well, interestingly enough, I am a nurse by trade, and so I trained in nursing many, many years ago and worked through the medical community. For many years, I was in the specialty of organ transplantation here in the Richmond area, and then branched out and worked some in business development and marketing, and then found my way into fundraising and nonprofits. And so it seemed like it all came together just perfectly for CancerLink and to work with them and what their needs are. CancerLink, you've, you've emphasized is a local nonprofit, and it's been around for some time. What is, what, how many people work for CancerLink at this point? Employee-wise, we have five employees here in the Richmond area, and uh, they work directly. Part of our organization works directly with the cancer patients and their families, and then others of us take care of the administrative duties and outreach to the community. Another part of what we do is providing seminars and information sessions for the general public. And of course, we encourage local cancer patients to attend those as well. And so our, our mission is to get out and speak to the community and let them know of our services and also to provide education in the process. Thank you. We're back here with CancerLink with Chris Williams, and we're talking about the challenges that cancer patients are facing. And, and certainly there's a legal aspect, but there's also a big financial aspect. And we were talking a little bit about under, how you have to deal with different financial scenarios that the patients are facing also. Would you like to elaborate a little bit on that? Sure, Scott. Our organization really focuses on helping uh, local cancer patients and provides these services to them free of charge, pro bono, if they fall beneath the federal income limits as low income, which is most of our patients. A diagnosis of cancer changes your whole financial profile at that point in time, and, and many times patients are in the situation of choosing between paying their medical bills or paying their bills for uh, medications versus putting food on the table. It also 
um, in many cases uh, affects their employment and affects the number of hours that they're able to work because they have to go to treatments. So many patients find themselves in a totally different financial place than they were before the cancer diagnosis. So most of our patients, as I said, are classified as low-income patients, and being within that classifications, our volunteer professionals, be it attorneys or financial planners, are willing to provide their services free of charge. Now, for those patients who do contact us who are above those financial limits, we also provide them the opportunity of referring them to a, a local professional, but let them know, of course, that they can work out the, the financial details as far as payments and things like that with the professional one-on-one. And in many cases, those fees, professional fees, are deeply discounted, sometimes even waived, but that's directly between them and the professional. So it sounds like you have a whole cadre of volunteers, you, of course, to supply these different levels of assistance. What are, what are some other ways that other people can, in the community can help CancerLink with its mission? Oh, it's, we have a number of ways that folks can help us. And of course, first and foremost, of course, is spreading the word uh, about our organization, especially for, with friends or members in the community that you know who have been diagnosed with cancer, letting them know that Cancer Link is here and that we're available to them. Uh, our website address is easy. It's cancerlink with a C, L-I-N-C dot O-R-G. And uh, we are a local organization that's focused on helping local cancer patients. Secondly, of course, Folks can make a donation. They can go to the website, make a donation, or write a check and send it in. We're able to, for every dollar that's donated to us, we're able to leverage $3 worth of donated volunteer services. So we're able to put donations to good use and have that turnaround to benefit uh, cancer patients in a large way. That's amazing. Um, and also, if, if you are... If you're interested in volunteering, we can always use volunteers, especially volunteer professionals who are attorneys or financial planners. Currently, we have over 200 local volunteer attorneys and financial planners. These are folks that come from all areas of, of law and finance, including the big firms downtown to the local small firms that, that work out in the sub- suburbs and the communities. And so volunteers are always needed. We also have several events throughout the year. So log on to our website, our Facebook page, follow us, see what activities we have out there, and please come out and have a good time and help support our organization. I was going to say, I remember that I volunteered once for a, um, a beer and food festival at the convention center that benefited CancerLink. Yes, and those happen every now and then, and we have several signature events. Two of our main signature events are coming up next spring. We have an event that has been called uh, It's in the Bag, and it's a handbag auction, but we're broadening the appeal this year to include guys in that as well. And that will happen on March 21st, and then we have a luncheon to honor our volunteers typically in May, and we are actively booking that now. So those are two main events that uh, are signatures of our organization, and people can find out more by coming to our website or our Facebook page. I understand you also have a a fun cornhole tournament coming up? 
Oh, that <laughs> that is actually in process. And yes, we are. This is something that's first ever. And so you're actually <laughs> disclosing it to the public. Oh, am I? Okay. Yeah, we are looking at this fall and we are in the process now of finding a venue and booking it. So if you enjoy Cornhole, um, stay tuned to our website and our Facebook page. And uh, this will be a terrific fun day on a weekend where you can come out bring your family, enjoy, support CancerLink. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the Boomtown Richmond audience? Well, it's just important to know how our mission helps people in so many ways that normally you wouldn't think of. And a lot of the ways that we help people are just um, giving them peace of mind. Uh, We have so many patients who come to us. One gentleman recently... Uh, was telling me his story that when he was diagnosed with cancer, um, he was a younger man, and he realized that he didn't have a will, he didn't have an advanced medical directive, he didn't have a power of attorney set up, um, and a friend told him about CancerLink. So he came to us, and we were able to connect him with a, uh, a local attorney who then set him up with a will, an advanced medical directive. And as he continued through his treatment process, he got to a stage where he had to have treatments on a daily basis. And in doing so, that affected his employment and his insurance coverage. And so he came back to us a second time seeking help to navigate these employment and insurance issues. So we were able to help him in more than one way. And many of our clients have more than one issue. So we're able to help um, most any cancer patient and and connect them with the right resource that they need. That's that's. Um incredibly important I imagine I you know it's to have someone deal with that sort of situation multiple situations on the basis of their health and this disease is you know it has to be very challenging so that's great thank you very much for coming in today and appearing on Boomtown Richmond Community Square very much appreciate it Chris thank you so much for having us Um, it's wonderful to be here Boomtown is now my favorite new radio station in the uh, greater Richmond area. And so um, it's wonderful to be with you. And and thank you again. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You're listening to Boomtown Community Square. If you're associated with a nonprofit and you'd like to be featured on our show, we'd love to hear from you. Go to boomtownrichmond.com and click on Community Square to fill out a contact form or call us at 804-741-8946. Thank you for listening to Boomtown Richmond and enjoy the second half of the show. All right. Thanks for joining us here on Boomtown Community Square. Here today we have Aaron Such of Solar United Neighbors. Good morning, Aaron, and thanks for being here. Morning. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So can you tell us a little bit about Solar United Neighbors and what kind of work you guys do? Yeah. Solar United Neighbors is a nonprofit organization that helps communities go to go solar helps them join together and fight for energy rights. Okay, and what, what does that exactly mean, like energy rights? Yeah, so uh, what we've found with uh, solar is that there's a broad constituency of people that want fair market access to solar options. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately here in Virginia, there's a lot of uh, barriers and obstacles to that. So we help uh, communities all over the Commonwealth fight to overcome those barriers, specifically uh, barriers around policy and fair market access to the technology. Okay, great. So you kind of just raise awareness and and help people just get access to, you know, solar power and get solar on their houses? 
Correct. Yeah, we work with homeowners, business owners, work with all different types of community members, do a lot of education, also do technical support, and then um, non-political or non-partisan advocacy. Okay. Man, that's awesome. So how did you get into this particular line of work? Like what led you to Solar United Neighbors? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Actually, uh, in a former life, was a middle school teacher and uh, had a bit of a career change, uh, studied energy policy, and um, worked for a nonprofit organization doing similar work around solar and energy efficiency in West Virginia. And through that work, became connected with my current boss, who I worked with uh, peripherally over there. And when I moved to Virginia, I uh, found this opportunity and was lucky enough to get it. So do you have solar power on your house? Is it something that you're kind of passionate about in your personal life? Yeah, I'm working on it. I just purchased a home recently, so I've got a few uh, things on the list before I, I get the uh, before I get the panels, but it's certainly uh, something that I'm going to uh, be adopting shortly. So I've heard that there's um, kind of a bit of a story on how Solar United Neighbors started. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So my boss uh, in 2007 saw the movie Inconvenient Truth with her son, who was 13 years old at the time. And they were living in Washington, D.C. And after seeing the movie, they were so motivated to take some action around climate change that they thought that the best way to do that would be to go solar on their row house in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood of D.C. And so this was 2007 when they tried to do it, they found it to be incredibly challenging. They uh, got quotes from different installers that they didn't know the equipment or the technical terms. And more importantly, it was literally three times the cost of what it is to go solar now in 2007. Yeah. So when she said, or when she kind of discovered this, thought, well, hey, it's uh, it's so challenging to go solar on our own. Why don't we just do it as a group, uh, take the whole neighborhood solar and magnify our impact. And that's kind of what she did. She uh, underestimated her son's ability for community organizing because he turned it into a project. He, uh, for school, put a bunch of flyers on all the doorsteps in the neighborhood and got a big group, over 100 people that were interested. Wow. Yeah, and after two years, they literally took 45 people solar as, as part of this Mount Pleasant solar co-op. And co-op, kind of a loose word for a community group that figures it out uh, on kind of together. And uh, so Solar United Neighbors literally started as a desire from other people to help them replicate the success story in their neighborhoods. And uh, literally uh, started with her with her working out of her home mm-hmm. with a couple volunteers and now we're a multi-state organization and uh, Virginia is one of the states we work in. Wow, that's awesome. I can't believe a 13-year-old was that motivated to to go and do that kind of, of work. That's really cool. Yeah, pretty incredible. Yeah. So, um, you know, I know a little bit about, you know, some of the benefits of of going solar and, you know, why it's good for the environment, but can you maybe enlighten us a little bit more on, you know, what, what's motivating people to go solar? Yeah, there, there's a wide range of motivations and, and our job really is not to help, uh, to tell people why there's a lot of good reasons why we, we really help with, with the how, but, um, we work with folks that are environmentally motivated, but we also work with quite a few people that are not interested in the environmental benefits, so to speak, 
but they're more uh, interested in the fact that you could think of solar as a generator with no moving parts, a free source of fuel, and literally a 25-year lifespan. Mm -hmm. So they're interested in in the ability to harness local energy to direct control and benefits back to them, back to the end users, and then also create jobs and economic opportunities in Virginia. So there's there's a lot of different reasons uh, besides the environmental. A lot of people now are uh, purchasing electric vehicles. I don't have solar on my home yet, but I do have an electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. So with with solar panels, you're actually able to provide a local fuel for your vehicle. Yeah, definitely something that you know I'd encourage listeners to maybe do some more research on and. Um, you know, I, I think it's definitely a rising trend just kind of all around the world, um, especially, you know, here in Virginia. And I guess that's part of what you guys are, you know, aiming to do is, you know, make it uh, more accessible for those of us in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about the National Solar Tour that's coming up in October and kind of what all of that is going to entail? Yeah. So the National Solar Tour is uh, a tour that Solar United Neighbors is partnering with American Solar Energy Society on, and it's a national tour. And you could think of it as an opportunity for people with solar homes to open up their homes to people that are interested in seeing how a system works firsthand. So you may have heard of solar panels, but if you want to see how the panels work or look at batteries or just see uh, the, the perspective from a homeowner's perspective, that's what the solar tour does. So um, it's multiple weekends, but we're really focusing on the weekend of October 6th and 7th, a Saturday and a Sunday. And that tour um, here in Richmond and throughout Virginia just gives people the opportunity to tour a solar home or a business, ask questions of the people that have adopted it, and, uh, you know, really see the technology up close and personal. So people from, you know, all over the city, they volunteered their homes and businesses for people to just come in and, and check it out? Is that how it works? Yeah, that's correct. It's funny, when, when people go solar, we, we see a lot of folks that, that almost become solar evangelists. They've, <laughs> <laughs> they're so excited about the technology. They know how the, the installation process works. They know how you get credit. So they're really interested in opening up that knowledge to other people and educating them. And uh, there's a lot of misconceptions about solar, so it's a good opportunity to talk to somebody about how much they paid. Chances are it's much less than, than what what the expected price is. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just get a, the, a good idea of, of, of how it works, but you know, give op, uh, folks the opportunity to show off their homes and their systems. I mean, that's a great way to kind of go about it and, you know, quote, evangelize. Um, it's very personal and, you know, people opening up their homes and talking about their personal experiences. That's, I mean, that's awesome. It's very cool. So let the audience know, I mean, how how can people get involved in this? How can they learn more information and, and you know, if, if they're interested? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing you could do is you can go to Solar United Neighbors of Virginia. So we're a national organization, but but we focus in, in the state of Virginia. And there is uh, really good information on the solar tour. So it will show you if you're interested in showing off your home, it will have a map of the different locations and then a lot of different materials. So I think that would be a good place to start. Um, and then, you know, we're partnering with other organizations. It looks like the Sierra Club here in Virginia. So you'll probably see some some more information, but the website is probably your best bet. Okay. And what's the what's the website? It's just solarunitedneighborsofvirginia.org. Okay. 
And yeah, it's on the first page and you'll see kind of a lot of different menus, but the um, solar tour should show up pretty prominently. Yeah, I, I clicked around the website a little bit. There's a lot there and a lot to uh, kind of learn about. So I was I was definitely spending some time there. Um, but is there anything else you want to let our listeners know about, you know, about Solar United Neighbors, about, you know, going solar, anything else that's kind of coming up? Sure. Yeah. We're, well, we're really, you know, an organization that is that's there to give installer neutral technology neutral advice. So we're really, I think, pretty unique in the sense of we're not trying to sell a system or we're not trying to direct folks one way, but there's a lot of information. So I would first um, urge people to take a look at the website, learn about solar. And then we also do a lot of these solar co-op groups, which are bulk purchase uh, discounted groups that we do in, in different areas. We've done over 29 of them in Virginia. So if there's a solar co-op in your area, it could be a good opportunity to join uh, Go Solar as a group, get discounts, um, and then get, a, get support through the process. Um, and also would really urge people to get interested or involved in advocacy. And what's unique about solar is that it's it's fiercely nonpartisan. So we have all sides of the political spectrum that can agree on on solar energy. Yeah. So there's a tremendous opportunity for that, and also just volunteering. Um, really, whatever whatever uh, your interest lies, there's probably a good fit for you in the solar movement. Very cool. All right, so this has been Aaron Such of Solar United Neighbors here on Boomtown Community Square. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. You've been listening to Boomtown Richmond Community Square, a show produced locally by Boomtown Richmond staff to make our listeners aware of area nonprofit organizations and their valuable contributions to the greater Richmond area. Please visit the BoomtownRichmond.com website to learn more about this program, our podcasts, and programming schedule. If your organization is interested in being featured on the Community Square program, please submit a Community Square contact form. Many of the organizations featured on Community Square are also invited to decorate one of our display windows at our location in Regency Square. Please visit us at Regency Square and check out the Community Square window displays each month. Until next week, keep listening to Boomtown Richmond. We love having you as part of our community.